Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... Is the game where we find out if this is the bull Nasua new group co-producer Smart's Code. What's going on with you, sir? Man, I'm good, bro. Nothing really happened this week. Uh, what about you, man? You're lying to yourself. You're lying <laughs> to yourself. First of all, it is episode 65. A lot of things are happening, brother. Every week we are dropping some audio entertainment, or what I like to call it, a good piece of audio business. Uh, but more importantly, the NBA is back. What are you talking about? The NBA is back. No, before you even say something, mm-hmm. the NBA is back. What are you talking about? The greatest league in America is back. Okay, we saw Giannis versus Durant. Game one. First game, as soon as you open your eyes to the NBA, boom, star versus star. And then you get to see Stephen Curry versus LeBron James. Star versus star. We give you that. The NBA, the greatest league in America. But anyway, before you say a thing, as far as I want you to say nothing. (laughs) Are you ready to play the game? I'm ready to play this game. Let's start this game. 65 episodes and running. And we are gunning for the top, baby. All right, Smarts, let's start the game. According to NBC News, New York real estate heir Robert Durst was sentenced to life in prison for murdering a friend more than 20 years ago in a slaying possibly tied to the killer's missing wife. Los Angeles County Superior Judge Mark Wyndham handed down a punishment one month after jurors convicted the 78-year-old of first-degree COVID and murder for the December 23, 2000 death of Susan Berman. Berman was shot at point-blank range in the back of the head inside of her Benedict Canyon home. Durst's lawyer said that this past Thursday's sentencing, they planned to appeal. Prior to her murder in 2000, Berman had been scheduled to speak to police about a fake alibi she allegedly gave Durst when his wife disappeared in New York in 1982. This is what the prosecutor said. Now, Kathy Durst has never been found. That's his wife, for those who don't know. Kathy Durst has never been found, and no charges have ever been brought in connection with her disappearance. After Berman was killed, Durst fell off the grid and landed in Galveston, Texas, where he assumed the name Dorothy Snyder, but it's C-I-N-E-R, so it could also be Sinner, but we won't go there. Oh, wow. Okay. And regularly wore a woman's wig, dresses, and high heels to throw off the scent. Claiming self-defense, Durst was acquitted of the September 2001 killing of his neighbor, Morris Black, despite admitting to dismembering his body. Then, in a 2015 HBO documentary series, The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst, Durst appears to confess to the slayings. He went to the bathroom while still wearing a hot microphone, and while recording, he whispered to himself, You're caught. What the hell did I do? I remember that. Killed them all. Of course. Smart side action. Is it the bull that when a white American 78-year-old COVID-carrying killer gets life for cross-dressing in Texas, it only means he's doing six months? That's wow. That is some BS. That's definitely some BS. <laughs> I'm saying. The, the man is sick in 78 and you want to give him life now? Yeah, so Okay. Longtime ESPN college football and basketball reporter Allison Williams said over the weekend that she will be leaving the network over its COVID-19 vaccine mandate. She said... I've been denied my request for accommodation, not to get the vaccination. That's what she said in a video posted Friday to Instagram. Effective next week, I will be separated from the company. The Walt Disney Company, which co-owns ESPN, announced in late July that it would require all salaried and non-union hourly employees to be vaccinated within 60 days. ESPN has told its 5,500 traveling employees in May that they would need to be vaccinated by August the 1st. Williams said in a statement last month that she had decided not to receive the COVID-19 vaccine at this time while my husband and I try for a second child. Doctors have been repeating for months that the COVID-19 vaccines are safe for pregnant women and women who are breastfeeding and women who like to have babies. 
<laughs> That's kind of funny. The so what about that. the women that don't like to have babies? Stop it. Stop it. We got to continue the story, <laughs> right, Let's sir. go. All right. <laughs> I am also so morally and ethically not aligned with this. And I've had to really dig deep and analyze my values and my morals. And ultimately, I have to put them first. This is what she said also in the Instagram video. She also added, I cannot put a paycheck over my principle. I will not sacrifice something that I believe in holds so strongly to maintain a career. Smarts, is it the bullshit that your favorite vaccinated Henny Badger hasn't got a call from ESPN yet? I mean, they might as well just call you up, man. Who else? Who else created America's favorite intro? This is the BS, but your boy, the Badger, Nasua, new bro. Okay, you ready for the last one? Yeah, bro. So what about the people that don't like to have babies? You ready for the next one? Let's go. (laughs) And finally, and finally, and finally, Texas civil rights groups this past Monday filed a federal lawsuit over the state's newly redrawn U.S. House districts, alleging that they were designed to dilute the voting powers of minorities. The suit filed by multiple minority rights groups accuses Republican lawmakers of diluting the political power of Latinos. Nina Perales, an attorney with the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund, said in a statement to the Associated Press, Texas is using all their means at its disposal to prevent the inevitable change in the Texas electorate. Texas was the only state to get two new districts following the 2020 census. The proposed new districts would be placed in the Houston and Austin areas. The new map would effectively cement the advantage Republicans have in Texas for the next decade, allowing the GOP to widen the number of districts it holds over the Democratic Party. The Associated Press noted that this is far from the first time Texas have taken over the court over voting maps. In 2017, a federal court found that a Republican-drawn map had purposely discriminated against minority voters. However, the court found two years later that there was insufficient reason to warrant Texas being placed under federal supervision when redrawing maps. By the way, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is expected to sign off on this newly drawn map this upcoming Tuesday. Smarts, I ask you. Go ahead. I ask you, Smarts. Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, Smarts. Smarts, I ask you. You know what this smells like. Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, Smarts. You know what it smells like. Is it the bull that I flew all the way down to Juneteenth, Texas, just so I can buy my go back where you came from map sponsored by the Texas Republicans? You ain't got to answer that. You know something? How about I go down to the governor's house and play a little political cuckold with your wife? Mm. How about that, partner? Mm. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Everybody on a Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash your bird 40 on the Yeah, I'm making nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a black a nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the Now River of New Jersey, the pilot of Tuskegee Training, the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuru. What up, my passengers? We are first in priority and will be departing in five minutes. We appreciate your business. With that being said, this flight ain't cheap. Donate to the Cash App dollar sign a late night flight. Now, it might be a little turbulence, but we are predicting clear skies on our way back to Jersey. But before we do, do us a solid. Give us a like on our Facebook page. Follow us on IG to click the link tree in the bio. Chirp at us on Twitter at the late night flight and you can catch all. 65 episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Amazon Music, Audible, the late night QR scan, wherever, wherever, wherever podcasts are available. 
now let's take off. Yeah, smarts. And then she had the nerve to ask me while she on top of me. This is this good. I'm like, man, shut the <laughs> up, yo. What are you talking about, yo? Welcome back to the Late Night Flight Nassua. New rule. Co-producer Smarts, before we even talk about this KRS, Big Daddy Kane versus, which was fly as hell. Yes, it Yo, was. I definitely want to talk about what I just um, saw in the NFL. Nah, what, nope, wait, nope, nope. Before you go into whatever you was getting ready to go into. Well, but what if I said Kaepernick was coming back? Nah, did you see the freestyle with Tigger with Toby Wee well, I saw Tigger because I was just immediately jealous and I was just thinking to myself, why BET hasn't hired me I, as their yeah, new future yeah, yeah. of but BET? The freestyle, okay. though. The freestyle. The freestyle, though. You sound like you kind of like the freestyle. I got it. I'm going to play it for you. No, you sound like you like the freestyle. I, I mean, it was I. Well, why? Let, we'll, we'll play it. Uh, here we go. Let our people hear. Mm hmm. Oh! Oh! So I made it out the mud, that's on gang gang. I'm really non-violent, but if you ain't, I'm on the same thing. Woo. A demon never touched my kids on my main thing. Big lock, R.I.P. John Witherspoon. Bang, bang. Uh. Yeah, that's just off GP in principle. Everything I spit is non-fictional, it's visible. Y'all gave me the vision, he gave me deliverables. My mama told me never move with imbeciles, so I don't. Shout out to my Africans and Aboriginals. The seasoning we got is like the pinnacle to all that's pivotal. Swear to God, if you place your heart to all my syllables, you'll see that every bar is critical and diagnosed. That's the most essential verbiage that's for the gutter. Since my 30th, planted seeds in my baby mother. What's told if you love a couple, marry her, and don't use rubbers. Build a generation of some strong black mother. Hold up. Peter Pan to these lost boys, they follow me. Keep a heap of heat for those who creep with no apologies. Speak for those who seek to be at peace with a wahalabi. Found peace inside monogamy. You peeking at the prophecy. Look. I am the one filled with holly, but from where they ball and parlay round my whole city. On guard, I seen shells flying broad. They had me laying prostrate. Thank Yahweh, ain't none hit me. Wait, so hold on, hold on, hold on. It had a little bit of Andre. It had a little 3,000 up in there. But what did you think about it? You know what? To be honest with you, it's so funny that you say Andre 3000 because to be real, when I looked on his wiki real fast and I seen he was from Aleaf, Texas, well, he lives in Aleaf, Texas, which is close to Houston because he's an Igbo American rapper. So he's a Nigerian American rapper, basically. Okay. But what, what I really, really hear from him, even though it's very modern day, not even modern day on some bop stuff, modern day as in Kendrick J. Cole style, it's very Scarface on the low. Yeah, it's, it's got, it's like, it's raw. It's raw. Straight bars. It's yeah, not it's raw bars. Yeah, it's, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. It's, 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 it's definitely like, you know, it's rom heavy. You got the double entendres, but it's, it comes from more of like a, like a, a, a rough home type of yeah. style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's gangster. It's just heavy. It's just heavy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But with that being said, I can't even stunt you. Dude, dope. Dope. You know what I'm saying? But, I've been mad at you for a long time because you've been hiding the dopeness for the last two years of your life by hiding me behind a studio, only doing podcasting and not putting me <laughs> okay, we go. in the booth. Now, I don't want to hear none of that. You on a bull. Here we go. This is the bull. <laughs> this is the game where we find out if Smarts is on the bull. So we're going to do that late night flight tape. We give you opportunity to showcase your skills. How about that? I don't want to hear none of that crap. You talking, talking to me like this is uh, <laughs> uh, open mic CD night and <laughs> from 1997. <laughs> this ain't the pinnacle. This ain't Master Supreme, man. This is some real <laughs> going on right here. Anyway. That's funny. KRS-One, Big Daddy Kane, they was on stage. That V stage that they had. Mm -hmm. was so flop. Fire. Walking down the ramp like they just won the Intercontinental Championship and they was going to talk to Vince McMahon all about it, right? Mm -hmm. I would love to see Big Boy versus Andre 3000 on that V stage. That would be, that would be good. I would I love would that. that. I would enjoy that. They're two artists that love to put on a show mm -hmm. and they're actually really good lyricists too. Mm -hmm. They have the full package. The South got something to say. You know how that go. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back to the East Coast, back to where, back to where it all started. KRS One and Big Daddy Kane. You want to give me your takeaways real fast? Because I'm gonna just say like two things real fast about that, I, I, and we can just I'm, keep it I'm moving. I'm just gonna make it. I'm gonna make it fast. Uh, you you hear Jay's? You hear um, Jay Z? 
Yes. Or, or well, Jay Z is the second coming yes. of Big Daddy Kane. Absolutely. Big Daddy, Big Daddy Kane definitely showcased them skills. I ain't never seen them live on stage. I ain't never seen a performance. But you see, now you see the influence that he has on his game. KRS One did his thing. Fire. Hands down. I enjoyed the fact that Idris Alba <laughs> must have had a poster of Big Daddy Kane on his wall and said, I'm going to look like that, yo. That wow. is funny. Yo, I really saw Idris' older uncle on stage. I was like, yo, I wish Takers was this. That is funny. This is a good movie. That anyway, I'm just playing around. But yeah, what I enjoyed, well, first, I ain't even going to hold you. I thought Big Daddy Kane lost, not because KRS really like put hands lyrically on the world that night. Who the hell told Big Daddy Kane it was cool to put creases in your sweatpants? Who told you to do that, dog? You old as hell. Hey, yo, oh, you wildin'. Come yo, on, Big go, Daddy. Don't, don't Big go. Daddy Kane, you wildin'. Nah, that was the that was nah. the sweat track suit, bro. Yo, my man put creases on it. Yo, no. Nah, if, you, if you know what track suit he had on, that crease is already there. He had to put it in there. That's even worse, yo. Wow. Ooh, wow. I'm not into that. Anyway. So the DJs, they did some scratch battle. That's cool. Love, love old school, five elements of hip hop stuff. Always a good thing. But let's just get to the real. KRS-One said, let me do my best rendition of Jada Kiss real fast. Yes, he did. And he acted up. I mean, we're talking about the same KRS-One who went before. You ever like had like a, I don't know if you had this in your house, uh, Smarts, but I, I've, I watched a lot of white sitcoms in my life. And before you uh, leave out the door and kiss your wife goodbye for the day, I ain't saying for life, <laughs> for the day, you, you have like a hat rack. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like KRS has a hat rack, you know, just full of normal hip hop stuff, you know, fitteds and fitteds. And he said, I'm just going to put the beanie on. I'm going to put my old school 1989, <laughs> you're headed for self-destruction, wow. beanie on, and let me just come outside. Hold on, baby. You know I'm 60. Let me get my orthopedic Nikes on. Them orthopedic Nikes were thick. Wow. Word. Thick. Them things were thick. You got to help him, something, help him move around that stage. They look like sweat socks. All right. Facts. Wow. He got, he got Matches Malone uh, jeans. Whoa, whoa, no, not Matches Malone. What was the name of that jean company? Maurice Malone jeans. I ain't never seen a pair of Maurice Malone Yo. jeans since, since 1999. Okay. Like he had the whole old school. Yo, he looked like, um, all I want to be is friend. Remember that friends song he had back in the day? He looked like he, he looked like that was the same outfit he had yeah, on in the video. He probably, hey, he probably did though and tell you that's how it really is for doing it. But let me tell you something. He was real that night. Yeah, he was. He showed the world who was still on top, who was one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And it's so funny because offline, you were saying that I was over here saying that he reminds me more of Kanye. Like if you wanted to new school this versus, it's almost like seeing Jigga Man and not Jay-Z. I'm serious. Jigga Man, yeah, Man. Mm -hmm. versus Kanye West. And you actually said something better. You want to tell the listeners. I said, I said Jigga Man versus Jadakiss. I like that. Yeah. I like that. It was the MC and it was, yes. it was raw. It was, it was the, he, he's that, they, they, they're the essence of hip hop culture. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now let's transition into something. Yeah. Because I don't know if you noticed this, but since the first post-pandemic versus, which was the battle in the schoolyard, Little Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. Uh-huh. They've been looking very different. Let's just say they've that. They've been evolving. That's for sure. And I'm going to flip this to you so you can tell our listeners about the evolution of versus. But I'm going to ask you this question. And I think it will lead you right into where you want to go. Okay. Imagine watching what we just saw this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Doing the split screen pandemic style. Yeah. Would you have appreciated it as much as what you saw this past Sunday? Because I would say no. I would appreciate the older version more than I would appreciate the new version at back in that back in those days, mm -hmm. back in the pandemic for sure, because they looked like they were going through what we were going through. Okay. So that was the connection. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But the way it is now, right. I want that. That's yeah. what I want. Right. That, right. That's all I'm saying. We, we outside. That's what I'm saying. So, so they, they get, they, they got their finger on the pulse of the culture. They moving and evolving with the culture. So if we go back to the beginning, it was just, they were in this, their studio. You know what I'm saying? Just playing their music. Um, it was 
uh, Sean Garrett and Dream and uh, Ludacris and Nelly. You know, all these guys just sitting in the studio. Then it went from being in the studio to a, to a, a, a little show setting. I think the first person to try to do a show was Teddy Riley, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. He that was the correct. first person to try to do it. It didn't really work out. He had some technical difficulties, but that's when people was like, oh, they really turning up. Oh, snap. It got a little bit more live. Then all of a sudden, it's Beanie Man and, and, and Bounty Killer. Yes. They put on a real show. Yes. I was like, okay. Then everybody else had to do it. Then we started to see the stage. I think it was like Patti LaBelle. Yes, Gladys Knight. And Gladys Knight. That yep. was the first time we seen the stage. We were yep. like, oh, snap. Mm -hmm. Then it was Gucci and Jeezy. Yes. Outside. We were like, oh, no. snap. Yep. We were like, like, yo, they wildin'. Then we, then it was, then, you know, uh, it was Brandy and, uh, Monica. And, and Monica, yep. and they had, you know, so that and then you had well, Ashanti and Keisha Cole, they did a split screen. They did the split screen, but but we're watching the evolution, the evolution of but it. Then yeah. the next tier is Bow Wow, yeah, Bow Wow in in in, in Bow Wow. Soldier Boy was flawed. Say what you want, it, it was it was it was good. It was a good show. It was a good show. It was in the theater. It was in the theater. Yes. Then Method Man and Red Man joint set Ooh. was yeah. So we like yo, okay. They get in the bigger theaters. They get we looking good, and then here we go with Dipset. Yes. In the locks. And they set it off. They, they set, set it off. off. They, they set it off. Let's keep it real. It. They set it off. That was it. They really set it off. And it was some hood. Like they brought the hood out, out to Madison Square, Square Garden. Garden. Now and now it's crazy mm -hmm. that both of the the both of the guys that are considered to be the best in hip hop as hip hop legends, both of them were born in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. that they did it in the Barclay. That's the biggest arena that Versus has had thus far. It's amazing. It's amazing. So you know what this, you know what's coming, right? What's coming? The tour. Mm. I can imagine what the tour will look like. Mm. You know something? We already know the tour as far as what modern day versus is going to be, as far as um, well, not modern day, but big time artists is going to be. Right. Just just to show that I have love for the underground, which I've been brought up of, um, brought up mm -hmm. off of. I can imagine now how all of like studios, big time studios, like multiverse studios, maybe we should just have verses. Hey, you, we do verses on Clubhouse. Yo, we do. We artists. can do verses live. We're doing here for sure. We can do verses live. Absolutely. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like we could do our own verses now. We might as well. We can have Nova November versus Nick Nova. Okay. okay. Wow. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the fasten seatbelt sign, and you may now move around the cabin. However, we always recommend to keep your seatbelt fastened through the trials and tribulations while you're seated. In a few moments, the flight attendants will be passing around the drink menu as well as the brunch menu. We only have chicken or waffles or both, so choose wisely. And thank you for flying the late night flight. Welcome back to the Late Night Flight Nassua. New rule. Co-producer Smarts. And we got the man. We got him, Smarts. The, the myth, the legend. The myth, the legend. <laughs> my uncle. Okay? Yes, now sir. I sound like Big Ticket now. You're not Big Ticket. This is my cousin, Toby Ningway. Come on. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out. Yeah, oh, I saw can't that stand him. Too. Can't stand him. <laughs> but he is my uncle, though. He be saying the realest. He is Sean B. Please check out the Being Blunt podcast. He is wherever podcasts are available in these times, especially in this election time. You want to hear a man with this type of perspective. It's not just for black Americans. He just happens to be a black American. Please go check him out. Sean, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing all right, brothers. How y'all doing, man? We doing well, man. Always good when we hear from you, man. We excited. We Our energy is up. Smart. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be on the same segment as this guy. This is I, what I'm I love, saying. I love him, man. We know we about to get infotainment at its finest. Absolutely. All right. We need that injection right now. So look, hear me out. This is crazy. Haitians want $17 million, okay? There's a powerful gang called the 400 Mawazu. I hope I said that correctly because in Haiti, 17 American and Canadian missionaries, which is 16 American, one Canadian, has been snatched up by this Haiti gang and they're asking for a price of $1 million for each head. Mm. What in God's name is going on? I saw your post earlier. I had to talk to you. You know what, man? I tell you, it's it's kind of an elevation when you think about what what transpired there, because we you know we've known violence has been um, 
active in Haiti for quite a while, you know, but a lot of times they, they have a tendency not necessarily to mess with Americans and Canadians because that brings more attention. Now you got like U.S. resources, like you already got the FBI down there immediately, right? You got the FBI down there and you probably going to start getting Canadian officials down there. And so now they're going to have to sort of worry about that. And Lord forbids if they should hurt or kill anyone, now you you may have to look at more than just the FBI coming in there looking for some justice. But let's let's back back a little bit because sadly, you know, Haiti has been run for years by a corrupt government. Mm-hmm. Sadly, Western countries have played roles in standing up corrupt governments. Mm-hmm. And this country never had an opportunity, I think, and this is my opinion to clean out a lot of that corruption. And during those time frames, you've had gangs to stake their claim on that on that Caribbean island, on that island, and sort of just terrorize the folks. You know what I'm saying? And then a lot of times if your police and your law enforcement are somewhat corrupt too, you're letting them do that. You're letting them it's very similar to what you see in some of these drug countries in Colombia and so forth, where everybody is somewhat corrupt. And so the police don't really mess with the, you know, the, the, uh, the gorillas and, and those gang leaders out there in those drug, drug countries. Same thing over there in Haiti. It, there's so much corruption over there. The gangs sort of run the island and there's a, there's, they, they run it with an iron fist and the folks there are terrified of them and, and definitely law enforcement can't stop them. So for them to elevate and start messing with Americans, I'm a little surprised at that because you know how you know how we are as Americans. You know we we're not going to tolerate. Yeah, that. man. They they don't want to start an uh, international incident. You know? Exactly, exactly. You know because I I I I fear that if something should happen to those Americans, because normally we know Americans are probably not going to pay that money. They don't believe in paying terrorist money for kidnappers. Mm-hmm. You know, so if anything should happen to them, man. Boy, it's going to get nasty real quick. I also heard that this same gang is trying to look to go to the families themselves to try to get money because they know they're not going to get it from the U.S. government. So they're now trying to make their make their play at the family members to see how much of this 17 million that they can get. Because as family members, take it, Nas, if this was a loved one of yours, you're terrified. You would want them back. And if you have any money, you you might go write a check for a hundred thousand dollars, and hopefully the other family members are doing the same. And maybe collectively you pulled in five million dollars. Now you're starting to do a back channel negotiation, saying, "Look, we can't give you seventeen million, but would you take this five million dollars and just give us back our loved ones?" You know what? Well, maybe if we had an American statesman, diplomat, and a four-star general who served as the 65th United States Secretary of State from 2001 to 2005 to save us. (laughs) Just maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't be in this peril that we are right now. Colin Luther Powell passed away, I believe he, at what, 87? 82? 84. 84 84. years young. Now, the reason why I'm talking to you about this, Uncle, hear me out, hear me out, Sean, because... Let's say people, not my age, but maybe even like five, six years younger than me, because I'm 38, um, they may check out Colin Powell from the Chappelle show where he made that joke saying that we were, we're, we're going to trade Colin Powell. Like, well, you know, they had the, the, the race draft. Yeah. And the, the white people said we're, we're going to, uh, we're going to draft Colin Powell. Uh-huh. And the black people wasn't going to have that at first until they said we get to keep OJ. And right. then they say, nah, yeah, you can, you can have Colin Powell. Yeah, yeah. But, but we, we can't, we can't, we can't just remember Colin Powell for that. Colin Powell was really real out here to the American government. And we thought maybe someone such as yourself, who is a savant in political science, can give us a little bit more of a deeper synopsis of the great Colin Powell. Man, you know what? It, it struck me when I saw, um, it come across the news that he passed away. I, I never was fortunate to meet him. But I had a great deal of admiration for him because, A, you know, I spent a little time in the military myself. And so being a person of color in the military, you know, who doesn't admire uh, Colin Powell? You know, he's a lifelong military leader. Um, and what really makes him so unique is the admiration that he had from generals, various presidents throughout the years that he served. 
and just citizens in general, as well as the, the parties, both Democrat and Republicans loved him to death. Right. And then and, and I don't know if you guys remember, there was a loud rah, rah, rah to get him to run for president. I remember that. Remember when they was trying to get mm-hmm. him? And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm a lifelong Democrat voter. Not that I agree with everything that the Democrats do, but it's almost the lesser of two evils. He was the first Republican that I considered to vote for if he ran for president. Because again, going back to the history of things, you know, hey, it was the Republicans that played a role in helping free us as slaves. And some of our influential people of color back in the days was Republicans until they evolved their methodologies and their policies and outlook on life that they all shifted to being Democrats. So when you really think about what Colin Powell stood for, you know, I mean, this guy, American, grew up and was born up there in New York from some Jamaican parents, you know, so he's a, a very proud, uh, what is it, American Jamaican heritage mm-hmm. um, that has really worked his way from the ground level up. I mean, he started as a, I think he got his degree at a community college in New York. And he would he would tell you in any of his books that he read, he wasn't the smartest guy in the world. So when you look at someone like Colin Powell, he'll say, hey, I was probably a C student growing up. But then when you look at the full picture of what he's done throughout his life, from being a C student, being in the ROTC to how he elevated to the Joint Chief of Staff, you know, being over the State Department, being advisors to numerous presidents. I mean, he literally sets that darn um, blueprint right, that right. Man, the average person, if he puts his mind to it, can do anything that he wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's resume just reads like a Bible. It is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And so for him to almost be our first black president, but I think he just got a little fed up with the politics, particularly during the the Bush administration, because the Bush administration, they claim to have loved him, but they used him and they they really put a bad look on him by putting him in front of the UN to make that pitch to go to Iraq. Right. You remember so-called for the, the, the weapons of destruction that were being hidden in Iraq? I remember that. Yeah, they put a credible face in front of the world to pitch that message when they probably knew from the jump that there was no weapons of mass destruction. But that administration wanted to go in and fight Iraq, period. Whether it was the oil, whether it was baby Bush trying to get back at what his father couldn't do. I don't know. But they really tarnished that man's record by putting him in front of the world with faulty intelligence to sell that to the world on why we need to go in there internationally and go fight Iraq. And so, I think that broke his heart. I think that broke his heart that he, that he put his reputation on the line to do that. Right. He did say that it was, uh, that was a blot on his, uh, mm-hmm. reputation or his career. Now his career, mm-hmm. I believe that's what he said. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Most definitely. What the f***? This, that pilot right here. Welcome back to the Late Night Flight Nassau. New rule. Co-producer Smart Sean B is still with us. I was going to like uh, kick Sean B off. He had other things to do. He's important. But but he decided to stay on for like five more minutes because you had a really good question offline, Smart. Yes, I did. And I hate when you do that. You always <laughs> want to talk the good good off record. That may be how the gangsters do, but that's not how we podcasters can do. How else can we make the money? Ask Uncle Sean the great question again. 
Well, the question I asked him was, when was the last time we had a president that was a military leader? Because that's what it used to be. Presidents used to be military leaders and then they moved towards business people and politicians. So I was asking Sean, when was the last time we saw that? Because when, when I thought about Colin Powell, he would have made a great president. Um, he would have been able to really be the chief, uh, executive officer and be the, the leader of the military because he knows what it's like to be in battle. He, he knows what it's like to actually put people in danger because he was in danger himself. And that's how it used to be. If you were a leader, you had to go, you had to go into the danger to lead the people. And then that changed. So I was just asking Sean, when was the last time we saw that? Man, and that's a, that's an excellent question because again, when you have that military experience, you know what's at stake. You understand strategies. When you sit down with the joint chief of staff, you really have, you really grasp what they're saying because you were a part of that whole department of defense, right? Uh, but to be specific, believe it or not, the last president that we may have had that was in the military was actually George W. Bush. If you, include the Texas Air National Guard, if you remember the controversy oh, around man. how he served and I when mean, he served leader, and was he kicked out. I mean, like leader, someone that was a, a, a commander that was, you know, that had to make decisions, you know what I mean? And so that's, and again, that's a little tricky, right? Because even George W. Bush was a lieutenant. Okay. So okay. really, you might have to flip that and okay. say like, you know, at what level of leadership in the military did they okay. have? But I will say that out of all of the presidents, I think it was roughly more than more than 20 presidents have all been some type of leader in the military. Not all of them have elevated to a general. Most of them were colonels, lieutenant colonels, lieutenants. Some have even so been community organizers. Continue. Oh, exactly. 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 But yeah. I, I voted George for the Washington community organizer. Made... <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was just letting people know that I, I voted for the community organizer. Absolutely. No, I'm just nothing wrong with the community organizer. I, I, I know. They come from everywhere. I know. I yeah. know, but we're in a new time. So I just, you know, when are we gonna get back to that? How many community organizers from Chicago would would, would you vote for? Uh, only one. Probably the one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's not a bad idea because a lot of times generals or generals or military military leaders have a tendency to look at things as soldiers, not necessarily as politicians. And 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 I, I like the fact that they're able to kind of not get too into politics themselves until they either retire. But they so they so in, embedded with the way that they look at the world that they don't look at it from a Democratic perspective or a Republican perspective. You know, so I. I think it might not be a bad idea really taking a look at some of these military leaders, but the, probably the highest military leader that I can think of uh, was a general who was served by George Washington. I think he was a general. That's, my, that's the, off, the, off the top of my mind. That's the only one that I can okay. think elevated to the ranks of uh, a general was George Washington. Okay. Okay. I hate to make this joke, but I have to make a joke because that's okay. what I bring to the table. But, but hear me out. So imagine... The commander in chief, not the president, but the, well, the, the president is the commander in chief. Mm -hmm. Well, well, mm -hmm. come on. The, the, the one who gets to talk to the army all the time, the one who played William Defoe in Triple in X that was willing to do the coup. Right. Right. I understand what you're saying. That person in that okay. position. Okay. Imagine that person having their troops wild up enough to do that January 6th stuff that we just saw uh, hey, well, white American do. Oh my gosh. I'm. I would be very scared of that. Yeah. I would be very shook of that. And, and I, I, don't, I hate to use a movie as the example, but I'm just saying, in my opinion, you may not want that person in politics because that person may get so pissed off. We got, we got military people all through politics right now. They just not rising to the ranks of president. And I'm talking about people mm -hmm. that have been able to show and prove that they are actually on the side of the American people, all of them, because they have, they, they lead people in all walks of life all uh, religions and all political leadings. And they have to, and those people's lives are actually in their hands. And if I could quote a more recent case, uh, I can't think of the general's name right now that they had questioned recently as far as not being loyal to Trump. But he was the one that was reassuring China that President Trump would not go to war against them during a very unstable time in our government around that whole January 6th thing, because it almost felt like a coup. 
that was happening. And so other countries were very fearful that um, Trump would take the situation, seize it and, and remain to stay in power. And many countries were nervous that he was going to go to war with them. And it was military leaders that, was that reached out to these foreign leaders and say, no, don't trust me. We will not let that happen. That was General Mark Miller. Yes, I couldn't Millie. think of his name Mark, right now. Mark, General Mark Milley, he's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I could not think of his name. That's the gentleman that had to reassure our foreign allies and, and even our adversaries that, hey, look, we're not going to go to war. I understand that we're a little unstable and we're not looking good right now, but we're not going to declare war on you guys right now because we do have someone that's very unstable at this point. And, and they made him sit in front of Congress and explain himself. We're about to get to our next destination, but before we do, we strongly recommend to drink responsibly and pass that bong to me. You feel me? <laughs> I got bars. Oh, and give us a follow on Instagram at The Late Night Flight. And give us a like on Facebook, The Late Night Flight. And thank you for flying The Late Night Flight. Welcome back to The Late Night Flight Nassua. New rule. Co-producer Smartson, before we step off and live our everyday nine to five lives, we just want to let you know, thank you for those four emails that you sent us. Thank you for those eight text messages that you sent us. And Smarts can't say this because he's a married man, but I think those two women that actually came to my house, knocked on my door, walked inside my house, smoked weed with me. I can't tell you what else happened, uh, Smarts. I'm, I'm sweating right now as I'm talking about it alive. But, okay. Um, okay. But I'm just saying that they said this last segment that we did last week on episode 64, which was a great piece of audio business, if I do say so myself, please check out episode 64. But they like this 10 minutes or less thing that we put together. I liked it too. It was cool. It was cool. I tweaked it a little bit. I think this may come off a little bit better. Let's see what we can do. Okay. Since we are the number 68th improv podcast on Apple Podcasts in the country, we thank you, Jers, for all of your efforts. All right. We're in here. All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the 10 minutes or less. I have about six or seven random things that you can throw at me, smarts. Yeah. Because you are the co-producer of the show. And that means you get to make decisions only because I, the creator of the show, made the decision that you get to make some decisions. Oh, that's how you. Oh, that's how you. I. That's how you playing with me. It's this. It's a it's a God Jesus storyline that's going on here. You think that's what's happening? I'm just letting you know who's who. Mm. Okay. So, okay. Hear me on. Let's go. Hear me out. I meant to say, please don't hear me on. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So. I have the randoms. You got the randoms. And you, unfortunately, for whatever reason that God did, gave you control. All right. Cut, cut, cut. Just let's listen. No, no, no. I'm in control. You are in control. But can we start the clock first, though? Let's start the clock. All right, let's get this clock started. Let's get this clock started. Let's go. You're going to see this visually one day, folks. So go ahead and get all this, get this audio plate right much, now. Talking too much. Clock started. All right, all right. Give, give me your starting FEMC 5. All right, starting FEMC 5. This doesn't have to be my top five, just starting five. So my point guard is going to be Queen Latifah. She's going to run the floor, of course. I need a cocky shooting guard, so I'm going to pick somebody new. Cardi B, step up. Here you go. I need a power forward. I need somebody tough in the hole who was better than doing that than Little Kim. All right, let's keep it going. Now, my center is a little unconventional. You know what I'm saying? I just need somebody that's going to put up points no matter what. Just put up points no matter what. Just put up points no matter what. So that's going to be the brat, okay? And then I got a power forward. So my power forward is, uh, let me think about that. I'm going to let my power forward be yo-yo. All right. Okay. okay. And then I'm going to have a small forward. So I need one more. I need, I need. All right. So hear me out on this. I could be right. I could be wrong. But again, this is my starting five and I'm kind of showing a a style that I would like to hear from C. So because I got a Cardi and I got a Kim, but I do have a leader in Queen Latifah. I'm going to put on maybe the new school version of Queen Latifah as my small forward. I'm going to put Raspity on there. Oh, nice. Okay. There you got you a go. nice little. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. Let's go. You are going to love this one. All right. Um, why not relationships? 
Why not relationships? <laughs> why not relationships? Let me tell you why not relationships. Let me tell y'all. I have heard, and I'm not even BSing you. I've heard 90 podcasts in the last two months about nothing but spilling tea. And if you a man, they spilling beer. And if you are not a man, if you're non-binary, you're spinning, you're like, you're spilling peach, Lipton iced tea, whatever you want to do about something that you really don't even know about. Okay. Everybody be want to talk about relationships like they know relationships. I was just in a car with two men, right? One of the men, Claims themselves to be like some mega Christian. But hear me out. They want to tell me. Nassau and Nuru. They want to tell me about single married women. That's the topic. Single married women. That's crazy. They want to tell me how cool it is that single married women wants to have sex with single men. Because of whatever reasoning, beta-like reasoning that... Their man is going through. Now, mind you, this is the same man that has to provide with them. Mm -hmm. I'm saying with them. See, I'm not even going to say for them. Right. I'm fair with them. Right. All right. They're doing this together and they're looking at this as some type of business establishment. Now, my thing is this about marriage. It can be that. Sure. But if two people don't know that it's a business marriage, it's just BS. But see, people don't want to talk about these things. The reason why relationships are suck and relationship podcasts suck and people that want to talk about relationships suck is the one thing that I know people don't do because two things people want to do when it comes to relationships. They don't want to keep it real and they do want to win. What's the next thing? Oh, wow. Okay. Since we're in relationships, um, are you enjoying Libra season? I am kind of enjoying Libra season. All right. I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm just kind of because see this year I was like, you know what? It's not the year of the pilot. I don't know if you recognize last week when I told people I am looking at 2022. I'm not even looking at October. I'm not looking at November. I'm not looking at December. I hope people don't think that I'm just looking past you. or I'm looking past these days. I'm just looking at what the future of this business is going to be. And Nassua knew is looking to find himself at the pinnacle of that business. Continue. Let's go. Okay. Um, this is a good one. Gucci Mane's new album, um, So Icy Boys, has a rock lot familiar vibe. <laughs> Do you agree? Okay. So it has a rock lot familiar vibe as in it's a bunch of <laughs> on it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to keep it real, though. So... No, it's not rock lock familiar as far as what we like. That 2000 uh, album from Jay-Z, which was a classic. Well, I wouldn't call it a classic. It was a really good street bumping summer album, in my opinion. It was. It yeah. had like nine, eight, nine joints you could ride down the street with on 18th Avenue, no problem with. Yeah, right? It definitely was. So hear me out. Hear me out. So Icy, I can't even hold you. If you are a fan of uh, Fujiyama and Bankroll Freddy and Lil Baby and, and, and uh, Gunna and... Pusheisty and Gucci, of course. You'll like it, sure. But here's the problem with today's modern rap. And, and I, I am going to be very honest. I, I usually don't talk about modern day rap like that. Me and Jers, well, Jers is dope at letting you know, like, nah, this is not what it is. And I'd be like, nah, it's kind of is what it is. But I'm going to be honest with you. Here's the problem with bop rap. The only problem. Like Jay-Z said in 2016, that's sad because it's 2021. I really can't tell who is who. Yeah, it's crazy. It's hard to get down with the music and the musicians of today because I can't tell who is who. I don't know any of you. If your voice is not that distinctive, it's over for you. You know what I'm saying? It's the same old music every single day. So all I can say for that is for those who like that music, that's fine. But Honestly, in today's music, I may have to say, that may say a lot about you, Playboy. What's the next one? Okay. Um, according to DailyMail.com, 6,500 Chicago cops face getting terminated uh. under the city's new mandate. Uh. What say you? Listen, listen. To all my gangbangers in the city of the Shah, to all my vaccinated gangbangers in the city of the Shah, it sounds like you need to go fill out an application. It sounds like you my friend can be a Chicago police man or woman. What's the next one? Okay, you're doing good, man. You're doing all right. I am the best 
radio broadcaster slash podcaster in podcasting infotainment history. Of course, I'm going to do this well. Let's keep going. Okay. Did you watch the Hip Hop FMC special on Hulu? And if you didn't, can you name 10 FMCs not named Boxy, Kim, Cardi, and Nikki? Nonchalant. The Brat. Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Salt and Pepper. You can make them as one. Um, Let me see. How many, how many I just said? How many I just said? How many I just said? Is that three? That was four. Okay. No, no, no. That, that, was, that was four. Lady of Rage. Yo, yo. Um, hold up, hold up. Uh, Tierra Wax. She just came out. She's in Philadelphia right now. Um, you said not name them. Okay. Megan the Stallion. Give me a second. Give me a second. I got more. I said not shalot. MC Light. Okay. Moni Love. Okay. Roxanne Chantel. Okay, you in there. I'm in there, right? You in there. You did good. Great. That's awesome. Job. You know how many more minutes you got left? Though? How many more minutes I got you left? Got two minutes and thirty-five seconds. Am I done Go. with everything? You done with everything? Am I done with everything? Go. Oh my God! Is it cut a promo time or is it cut a promo time <laughs> for the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived? I am the pilot of Tuskegee training. You can call me the big ticket because this podcasting game right here is my big ticket up out of this hood into a whole nother stratosphere. I am that Suanu rule, the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived. Let me tell you something about this podcast that is something that is not your podcast. This podcast is actually entertaining. It's actually good. You know how good it is? Keisha that was on this show last week said I am going to get you 10 people that is going to be into your podcast and they're going to give you feedback. And I am going to read off. Where is my phone? Do I have my phone on me? Where's my phone? Get my phone. I have my phone right here. Let me read what this person said. I'm going to read what this person said. I don't even think this is a real person because a real person that's on Instagram would have more than five posts, but it's okay though. I'm not here to hate. Someone actually gave me feedback on something and I thought it would be nice to read it. What you think, co-producer? Go ahead, read it. We'd like to know what the people think. We would like to know what the people think, yes, right? Yes, sir. So let me see if I can grab this real, real fast. Okay, it's from a person named Badass underscore Savage. I mean, that can be anybody, right? I mean, that could be any non-binary pansexual woman, whatever, all right? So <laughs> this is what they said. They said at 5.40 p.m. on a Monday, definitely enjoyed the podcast with Keisha. Hmm? I like the back and forth and different point of view. I do wish you would dig deeper, but it was really funny. Well, first of all, thank you for the feedback. Whoever you are, I don't know who you really are. You only have five posts. I don't think you're a real person, but let's say that you are. So number one, when you tell somebody that they should dig deeper and I give you a, I give you a hit back and say, yo, I appreciate that. Emphasize what dig deeper is. I would like to know. And you don't hit me back. I know that you over here just sliding a little hate in my DM, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? Because I just realized something. I do 10 minute segments of pure gold, 10 minute segments of pure infotainment. I hit high notes. I do what Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston do. I don't do 702 woman, black woman from power bull. Okay. I do real. All right. Don't wow. you ever talk that BS about my show again. I have the best podcast in podcast infotainment. I have the best guest. You have the best host in me. I got the best co-producer. I got the best character in Jers. I am the man and I have satisfied all of you. And all I ask you to do is bring 500 people to my pew. <laughs> hey, and that's the show. I am Nassau Nuru. That's co-producer smarts. And like I said, 500 people to the pew, and I will show you that use time for you to acknowledge me as your pilot. We out of here. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the fastest rising podcast. If you want to contribute, DM us at the late night flight. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pilot right here.